Chapter 3 Muddled Minds Stars winked merrily in the rapidly darkening sky. A pearly crescent moon sailed amidst them, not unlike a gleaming silver boat in the endless deep ocean. The wind, however, seemed loath to share the tranquility of celestial bodies. It swept fiercely while the sea thundered and churned, stretching out a thousand silvery white arms as though to draw those on the shore into its mysterious depths. What on earth are you standing about for? Wash the mud off yourself, quick! We'll have to make our way home as soon as we can, or I can bid farewell to all hopes of a meal tonight," sighed Pungurali. "My beloved Anni is sure to upend the rice pot and empty it of every last morsel." Uh, is is uh, the sea isn't very deep hereabouts is it ventured vandya tevan cautiously upon my word i've never even seen a coward such as you she shot back there's no fear of that kind here walk half a kadam into the sea and you'll find that the water comes up only to your waist whilst you think the lighthouse fires burns each and every night without fail No matter the reassurances, Vandya Tevan sloshed into said sea slowly and with considerable and very visible reluctance. Eventually, though, he did manage to wash all the swampy mud off his hands and legs and regain some semblance of cleanliness. The sight of the Vaidya's son trotting up on horseback, leading his own steed by the reins, met his eyes as he clambered back to shore. "Ayyo, the horse! What if it's caught in the bog?" "Not a chance." Horses are considerably more intelligent than their so-called masters. I dare say, but one of them has its master on its back," objected Vandya Tevan, "and he is dragging my horse along too. You are right to be afraid in that case. Run up and warn him, will you? Wait, halt!" screeched Vandya Tevan as he ran full tilt against the newcomers. "Stop!" Pungurali came up to them within a few moments. The trio began to make its way towards the lighthouse. "Why don't you get on your horse?" asked the young woman. "I'd much rather walk beside you." Pungurali stepped up to the stallion and treated it to a loving caress. The animal shivered as though ecstatic at her touch and gave a gentle neigh of pleasure. "It would seem that my horse likes you," put in Vandya Tevan. "I call that excellent, don't you?" "How's that a cause for delight?" I shall be leaving for Ilangai soon, which means I need a safe haven for my steed, someone I can trust. You'll take care of him, won't you? Why not? Animals like me, they make friends in moments. It's humans that don't. Ah, that can't possibly be true. Why, Sendramudan likes I must say, I much prefer the company of animals myself. Can't stand humans. What have they done to deserve your undying hatred? wicked treacherous creatures lies and deceit are all they are capable of come now not everyone's that way sendanamudan now is an excellent fellow so is the vaidya's son i can vouch for him myself and you a good man of course it's just that i didn't quite want to blow my own trumpet why are you both here the chakravarti is ill in a bed don't you know the court physicians need a great many medicinal herbs for a cure We were told that this forest possessed quite a few of those rare plants, which brought me and the Vaidya's son here hotfoot. Just a moment ago, you said you were leaving for Ilangai. So I did. 
to bring home the herbs that can't be found here. The Sanjeevi Malai, the one from which the great Lord Hanuman brought those precious herbs, it's still on the island, isn't it? Yes, which is why thousands there are dropping off like flies from a terrible toxic fever, I suppose. Indeed, this is news to me. Not even the palace physician who sent us on this mission warned us of such an epidemic. Men, I've never seen creatures that have... Men, I've never seen creatures that have developed deceit into such an accomplished art form. Two arrived here a couple of days ago and mumbled something of the same sort. But their lies were at least somewhat believable. Who were they and what did they lie about? Apparently, they had been sent by some sort of magician. At any rate, that was their story. The Chakravarti was desperately in need of tiger's nails and hair from an elephant's tail which could be bound into some sort of rachai, a sacred bracelet, and so a trip to Ilangai was of paramount importance. Now my brother has taken them in his boat. Is that how it is? murmured Vandyatevan. Memories of the sinister Mandravadi Ravidasan came rushing into his mind. Not to mention the terrible night in the crumbling Mandabam and his hair-raising adventures within. Good God, why, why do I get myself into these terrifying situations? He wondered woefully. Meeting your enemy face to face in battle, testing your mettle against his and distinguishing yourself in the battlefield. Now that's the life of a true warrior. What on earth am I doing here, embroiling myself in magic and mystery, caught in a horrifying web of deceit and political plots? As for these two men who left for Ilangai a little before me, who might they be? And this girl, how far can I trust her? What if she is one of those wretched conspirators? No, no, that can't possibly be. She is innocent, this one. Far better to strengthen my bond with her. It might prove useful. I am going to confess the truth, Pungurali. My journey to Ilangai has nothing to do with gathering herbs. I lied to you about that. I am going on an extremely secret mission and I'd like to share the details. Don't! They say you never ought to entrust secrets to women, don't they? You'd better not reveal anything to me. That might be true of ordinary women, but those rules don't apply to you, I'm sure. I'm no ordinary woman, am I? And you know this how exactly? It's hardly been a Nari guy since you met me. I liked you, Pungurili, the moment I caught sight of you on top of the Madil. If I may, I'd like to ask you something. You'll tell me the truth, won't you? Ask and you'll find out. Isn't Sendanamudan your beloved? Aren't you going to wed him? What's the point of these questions? He is my friend and the last thing I want to do is go against him in any way. If he isn't your lover. Go on, what's all this hemming and hawing for? Then I have every intention of applying for that post. To tell you the truth, Pungurali, your opinion of love wasn't quite to my taste. Because, my girl, there's nothing more divine in this world. Why, even those great saints, Appar, Sundarar and Sambandar, have all sung beautiful songs picturing the Lord as their beloved. Tolkapir, Valduvar and other poets who have achieved eternal fame have sung paeans on love. 
the divinely blessed Kalidasar places romance on a pedestal and worships at its feet while even Krishna Bhagavan fell in love while cavorting with Gopika women in Brindavan. I shall tell you something now, Ayya. You do well to listen to me carefully and meditate upon my words. Well, I do like you, yes. I don't quite entertain for you the hatred I felt for those rogues who came a couple of days ago. Aha, I am fortunate indeed. But do not ever bring up love or romance again. What? But why? Sendanamudan may not be my beloved, but I do have others. Adada, you do? How many and who are they? I shall leave home at midnight tonight and you shall see them if you follow me. And well, you'll know all about them. <laughs> Pungurali laughed then, a high shrill laugh. Something deep inside Vandyatevan's heart gave an unpleasant twist. The poor girl, he mused. Obviously, she's muddled and disturbed. There wouldn't be much point in asking for help. Far better never to mention a word of my mission. Walking steadily all this time, they had arrived in the vicinity of the lighthouse and the dwelling situated close by. A man, old in years, and an equally elderly woman walked out, saw Pungurali, the two men by her side and their horses, and gaped in considerable amazement. Who are these, my dear? questioned the old man. Where on earth did you get a hold of them? I didn't, Appa, she answered. It was quite actually the other way around. What does it matter which way it was? I've lost count of the number of times I've told you, come home before nightfall. But when have you ever obeyed? You brought two men two days ago and now you are here again with two more in tow. What do they want now? Medicinal herbs for the Chakravarti, Appa. She speaks the truth then, Aya? The old man turned to Vandyatevan. Certainly, here's the royal order. And Vandyatevan loosened the cloth at his waist, pulled out an olay and handed it over. Another fell out at the same moment. He stopped in a hurry, stuffing it back into his waist cloth with some confusion. Blasted idiot, he mumbled to himself. Haven't you learnt a single lesson from your mistake? The old man received the leaf and scrutinized it carefully under the light of the roaring fire atop the lighthouse. His face brightened at once. It is from Ilaya Pirati herself, he called out to his wife. These men must be fed. Go in and tell your precious daughter-in-law to save some food. Else she might tip out the rice pot and empty it of every last morsel. 